Begin transmission, everybody. It's Chris and Ben with Outer Rim Transmission 117. This week, we're talking all about Star Wars viruses, both inorganic and organic, thanks to the new miniseries of Dark Droids, a new event, I should say, in Star Wars comics. We have spawned off to talk about many other things that transpire, um, different plagues, different diseases throughout the Star Wars galaxy, both canon and legend. So I'm looking forward to getting into that. But first, how's it going, Ben? Good, good. I mean, it's been a good week since we last talked. Um, continuing really well on my diet, so that's really fun. Down, down like another pound since last week, so just chipping away and chipping away there. And, um, and then I actually have downloading right now um the revenge of the sith game for xbox because i'm probably gonna like play that this week there you go the classic the classic yep so when it comes to my week in star wars last week we had rumblings that calrissian himself billy d williams was kind of going on twitter soon after our story for last week how billy d uh, her, how um, Donald Glover was going to be writing. I was like, oh my gosh, all this news is happening right on top of each other. He kept teasing something. He kept teasing something. What else is this guy going to tease? He doesn't act in anything anymore. And then he drops that he's getting a memoir out of like, and I think you just heard the entire fandom kind of like make a deflating noise like, ooh, crap. Like, yeah. I had doubts be only because you can't literally have any promotion of a new series with the strike going on that they can't literally announce anything new i'm pretty mm -hmm. sure that's in the guidelines so I, I was like how is an actor gonna even talk about that maybe they found a way maybe they found a way behind the lines i don't know between the lines so that was my week at star wars was just a lot of disappointment <laughs> yeah i mean a lot of people felt that way and like i like i posted on um on x i guess like i posted on there i said hey like you know, it's disappointing for us as fans, but hey, it's really cool for like Billy D. Williams to get like a big memoir out there, though, for his career, because, you know, he's had such a huge like career, whether it be Star Wars or playing on um, Two-Face and Batman, like he's done so many different things. Um, you know, it, it's just cool seeing him uh, get a memoir like that, though. Yeah, I, I remember. Um, well, not remember. I just watched Batman, the old movies, for uh, the first time before seeing The Flash, and I was shocked when I seen Billy D. Williams' names come at the crowd. It's like, I had no idea this guy was in this. Of course, I, I'm a sheltered movie and TV person up until 2012 when I went to college. I never watched anything besides Jurassic Park and Star Wars, so it shouldn't have been that surprising for me when I'm starting to actually expand my... Um, cinema and all that sort of experience and i'm like oh yeah this guy showed up here this actor showed up here so that was pretty fun oh yeah it's definitely it's always cool seeing like those actors like get or like you know looking back on movies and seeing oh that hey lando's in that or oh hey mace windu's in jurassic park or you know like those type of things yeah well being a jurassic park is my favorite one of my favorite movies of all time i of course knew that one but yeah there's many yeah. of others that i'm like oh wow okay yeah there we go then <laughs> so oh, yeah. i hear you're getting a new collectible of some sort oh yeah well i'll save the collectible for a future podcast when milton's on here because you know he'll really he'll really dig that but that's a little tease to continue listening to outer rim transmission um but an interesting thing that I came across while searching collectibles this week was an interview with Shannon McRandall. And for people who may not know, she's actually the act, well, model that played 
Mara Jade. Like all the pictures you see basically of Mara Jade, that's her. Um, you know, she's she's only like 50 years old right now, so she she wasn't she wasn't probably in her mid 20s when she first modeled in the early 90s for the character. Um, and I like I came across this little like 20 minute interview with her and it was it was a good little interview you know her talking about her career in star wars and stuff and she basically said you know at first timothy's on didn't like her like he's he was like oh no i don't you know i don't i don't think you're mara jade or whatever um you know basically until she like got the costume and the whole get up on you know he didn't like see her being a uh, uh a star wars character basically so you know once she got the costume on he was convinced and was like oh well i guess we can work with this um so, you know, so it was cool hearing that. And then she was talking, actually, how she, you know, so when she went to Celebration 2, like, she got invited, of course, because, you know, Star Wars, with the Expanded Universe back then, that was, like, popping so much. Like, of course, Mara Jade's going to get invited to Star Wars Celebration. So it was a really cool story with her and Mark Hamill, actually. So she said she was there at Celebration 2. And when she was there, she said... uh you know, they had her in the full getup, like the full Mara Jade costume, like lightsaber, the full, you know, the black suit, like all that stuff, like that she wears and everything. Like she was in the full Mara Jade uh, makeup, like all that stuff, just the full, you know, it looked like you were stepping off a movie set, basically. But they had her, you know, and she said there was a lot of fans like freaking out, going like, oh my gosh, you're cosplaying as Mara Jade really well, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, they didn't recognize her at first. They just thought it was just some redhead playing Mara Jade. Yeah. And and she said it was funny because so what they had planned actually at celebration for Mark's panel back then was, you know, whoever the host was at the time was like, oh, Mark, hey, uh, you know, you have, uh, you know, you have a wife in the expanded universe. And he's like, oh, really, do I? And 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 the host was like, oh, yeah, she's out here in our audience, actually. And she's like, oh, can you please uh, come up here? And like they pointed to Shannon McRandall. And, like, then the audience, like, she said, freaked and was like, oh, my gosh, she's sitting in the audience with us. And they brought her up on stage with Mark and, like, the full Mara Jade get up. And she said he was just just smiled and was like, wow, I guess Luke did pretty good. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just a funny little story. But, yeah, she said she, like, got to meet got to meet Mark back then and stuff. And it was, like, a cool, you know, moment getting to see, you know, back then. That would have been 20-some years ago. So Mark would have been in his, you know, early to mid, like, mid-40s or so. So... You know, you, you we actually got like a young Luke with a young Mara Jade like standing side by side basically on stage back then, and uh, you know it was just a really cool story hearing her like talk about that experience with Star Wars because it's like man that is that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's a great example of uh, books and live action coming together, yeah, um, in ways that we're starting to get now, of course, with Thrawn being yep. in a panel with you know other characters from rebels I'm, I'm trying to think like seeing thrawn with maybe leia um i heard some rumblings that there might be a leia and ahsoka at some point something like that yeah. um haven't looked into it but like it'd be cool like seeing thrawn with one of the legacy of the big three like that's yeah. the same sort of thing like oh my gosh this is a character from the books that's in a thrawn trilogy with one of the original trinity you know so Something like that would be the same sort of caliber, but yeah, I would like to. I would like to be there in that audience and celebration. I guess that was two thousand two because they were going every year that there was a new Star Wars movie coming out. So Celebration Two would have been promoting Attack of the Clones at that point. I 
think that was in Indianapolis. I don't have it pulled up or anything right now, but yeah, that is sweet. Just like, okay, we have this person in the audience. I love when that stuff happens, right? Yeah, I've seen other and and you know, but... she, and and like like she said, Mark had no clue on it. He was just doing his panel, and they were like, "Hey, you know, you know this little fun fact," and like they just totally like bombshelled him and surprised him. <laughs> oh my gosh! And and she said, you know, at first, you know, he like he said he um. He was like real nice about it and stuff and all that and you know he was just like wow <laughs> like because you know she's an attractive person and he was just like wow luke did really good <laughs> good old uh, mark hamill i guess at that point oh yeah probably doing uh, the batman the animated series voiceovers or something like that yeah i would guess that and that's a um another thing too to add on to my uh star Wars, this week in star wars a cool little thing for all of our batman fans of the audience mm. go to mark hamill go to mark hamill's instagram this week and just a couple days ago you know of course it's prom in promotion with the barbie movie but you get to see you know mark and harley um you know joker and harley quinn you know mark and margot robbie like it was cool seeing them together because like mark hamill's comment section was just loaded with Oh my gosh, we would love to hear like Mark's Joker with Har with uh, Margot Robbie's Harley yeah. Quinn and stuff, and like that's all the comment section was was Joker and Harley related comments on his Instagram page a couple days ago. Oh my gosh, uh, that's great crossover there. The again, the live action and the animated two different mediums coming together. Well, let me put yep. Silent. <laughs> well, and you know another thing too, like um, kind of to connect to my whole um live action like mara jade surprising mark it kind of reminded me of who was it uh was it ben mendelson who came out as krennic in the full getup when you know yeah. they already had released the the catalyst book was it ben mendelson that um i'm trying to think who came out at celebration the one year was it was it him as krennic yep yeah i was in okay. the full suit with the death troopers flanking i'm walking up to the stage i would yeah. actually been in the same room i was in that was back in at the xl center back in 2017 uh no 2016 for star Wars celebration europe that was the yep. last time it was in europe yeah that's what it made me kind of think of i was like man this is kind of like when krennic came out you know with the from catalyst and he came out to celebration it was like boom whoa like we, we're seeing the character in live action here <laughs> yeah oh man there, there there's so many fun moments like that there's so much potential for more moments like that as we go forward here you know there's just a lot more in development with star wars a lot more uh you know there's always truth and legends is more true than ever now with a lot of these series things come to the big screen high republic coming to the big screen so we're ever going to be looking out for all that stuff in the future oh yeah it's it's an exciting time to be a star wars fan like there's a lot of you know different things i mean you know like you said there's always truth and legends i mean look we're getting you know the big blue guy here in a few weeks like yep we're just about, let's see, the 23rd? Oh, wow, we're a little bit over three weeks away. Wait, no, we're a little no, bit over that's, two weeks away. That's like two, that's like, that's like 16-ish, 17 days away, I think. 16, oh 17, gosh. like, yeah, it's going to be a good time, and that will definitely be a 3 a.m. watch for me. <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of talk on the internet now where, like, a lot of this stuff that is, um coming out on disney plus is no longer necessary to stay up till midnight right like the hype a lot of people's hype for a lot of these projects a lot of it being marvel but even some of it being i guess star wars where it was like oh you had to be up at 12 a.m it's like 
a lot of the stuff is not the end all be all that we thought it was, especially with Marvel. Yep. So it's like a lot of us have kind of just become jaded or apathetic, and we're just like, well, we'll watch it at some point the day it comes out. But yeah, we'll yeah. watch it at eight a.m. or seven a.m. Yeah. I'm gonna give the, I'm gonna give Ahsoka the chance because like, hey, it's Ahsoka, it's Dave. I think. I think the show's, I think it should be good. Like, in theory, it should be good just based on everybody that's involved in the project. Like, I think it should be. So, I have, mm -hmm. I, have a, I have a lot of hope for it, at least. Certainly, certainly. So, if you want to figure out when we go live to join us in our weekly podcast, we go live every Sunday at about 7 p.m. Eastern, sometimes a little later, depending on the week, but usually 7 p.m. at the earliest. Um, we're also available on any podcast app of your choice, whether it be Spotify, Google Play, Apple. Just look up Outer Rim Transmission. You can always send your questions after the fact, after the show goes live, at Gmail. Uh, we have our handle at OuterRimTransmission at gmail.com. We also have shirts at the teespring.com slash OuterRimTransmission. So there's your plugs. They're all out of the way. Speaking of which, if you're watching YouTube channel, then you're probably already subscribed. But if you aren't, make sure you do so. But what I've had on the channel lately is a bombardment of book reviews. I've had a book review of Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade. I have a book review of the upcoming Star Wars High Republic Tales of Light and Life. I have a review, a very early review, for the Kira and Crimson Dawn novel, Star Wars Crimson Climb. So there's a lot of reviews up there to get you guys hyped for when those books come out in, in the next month and in, in October uh, so there's a lot coming down the pipe and uh, very exciting stuff with Star Wars kind of taking a back seat in the last couple of months but it's definitely coming back very strong very very soon so speaking of which the comics continue to roll and the comics have not stopped this week we have the hyperspace stories issue number seven very fun tale with Boba Fett protecting a young Wookiee. There's some really good artwork in this. I have a review of that. As well as Yoda issue number 10. Yoda issue number 10 closes out the Maxi series. Um, and it's all about Yoda learning from his failures um, through his life, his long lived life, and coming to grips with how he's going to prepare training Luke when Luke sees him during events of Empire Strikes Back. So, a very cool, introspective take on Yoda and how he kind of gets himself to continue even though he's downtrodden and in defeat after order 66 um, we also have young jedi adventures that series has more episodes to watch on disney plus i'm kind of debating if i'm going to continue watching and i watch the first six or seven and i know it's not for me and i know there's not any huge lore bits um so i'm probably not going to continue watching but if i'm really bored one day i will and that's not the slightest i mean this is a great show for kids that are under the age of maybe four. And I do, even though I might appear like I'm a four-year-old sometimes, being all giddy with Star Wars, I am not completely going to be enraptured by this 30-minute special. Um, so, there you go. There, there's more episodes to show your kids. I think that's a great entryway to Star Wars, is showing them that, because it has all the archetypes of Star Wars, whether it be dogfights, speeder bike chases, the Force, lightsabers, um just like journeying around and finding cool stuff around planets in the galaxy and there's all the aliens you would expect all the alien species and it's set during a high republic so you know it's kind of a cool way to get a back door into that so the biggest thing and this is where we're going to spawn off of our major topic tonight is dark droids number one came out this is the big event that has been 
promoted and promoted for the last several months. Uh, this, the, even Star, since Star Wars Celebration back in April, that's when we got the first reveal of it. It's a story about what happens when an evil old droid entity starts taking over every droid in existence with the mission to destroy all organics. Um, so the virus spreads, and we see that transpire in this first issue from the Imperials to the Rebellion. No one is safe. It looks like this is going to be an, a pandemic of the utmost out-of-control kind of variety set in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi when you just think that there's enough stuff there that I can't go any further. Yet again, we have another huge crossover joining the likes of War of the Bounty Hunters, Hidden Empire, Crimson Dawn, or Crimson Rain, I'm sorry. So yes, continues off the events of the Kira comic book trilogy with uh, basically what happens at the end of Hidden Empire issue number five. So this is what I thought I was thinking about when I, when I was reading this earlier today. I'm just like, you know what? There hasn't been many like pandemic or endemic events in Star Wars, but there are a few that stand out to me, Ben. And... The first one, you'll, you'll remember this. Fans of the Clone Wars will remember this. And that is the Blue Shadow Virus. Do you remember this one, Ben? Yep. Yeah, so you got Dr. Bindo Vindi, or whatever his name is. Um, this is this is set during the Clone Wars. This was on Naboo. And this is probably... Okay, so it's a waterborne virus. of A victim infected with the virus only had 48 hours to live, but it became fatal. It was notorious for being supposedly incurable with a 96 success rate in killing carbon-based life forms. An antidote was able to be synthesized with uh, Rixa root, a rare plant only found on the planet Aego. Planets infected with the disease in, uh, developed visible blue veins, and in some cases, the rest of an infected individual's skin would also turn extremely pale. Other symptoms included coughing. And fatigue so it almost sounds like an uber version of covid um this is mm -hmm. like basically from what i'm going to discuss tonight this is probably the closest thing to covid i think as far as like something that we kind of experienced all around like a year or two ago i know it's still around um i don't want to make light of it of course at all because it took the lives of many people unfortunately but this is something that you know it's on the clone wars that's what's so great about the clone wars is you can go from you know an episode of droids going to coruscant to get drogon fruit and going into spa one day to the battle of umbara with just the absolute version of treachery to literally jar jar binks and padme trekking around naboo and next thing you know stumbling upon this blue shadow virus that's wiping out um getting people sick so yeah, I thought this was interesting because we always talk in Star Wars about the big epic space battles, the big wars between Jedi and Sith, you know, the political intrigue of what is happening with the rebels and rebel spies in the Empire, what is happening with the everyday man on living on a backwater planet that grows up to be a hero. But it's nice to see that Star Wars, you know, mimics real life in a way with plagues and stuff or yeah this stuff when you have billions of life forms all over the all over the galaxy all over the universe there's bound to be things like this that happen you know oh yeah i mean that was one of the first uh virus related things that came to mind when i started thinking about this topic today 
because I was like, oh yeah, there was that one in Clone Wars on Naboo and all that sort of stuff. And it is cool. It's a good point that you like pointed that out. It's cool that like, you know, they have that layer in Star Wars where it's not just like, you know, all the other Star Wars stuff, droids, lightsabers, blasters, ships, etc. Like even they're adding like this bit of real world, um, you know, like you said, like a plague basically into it. So, um, so yeah, like that's a, that's a really, uh, a good example there that like uh that you know we actually got to see like on screen because i think that was one of the main like when i was really thinking about it i was thinking that was like one of the main instances of us seeing it um seeing something like that on screen in star wars oh yeah first of all we have the race side what's up hannah um she's saying that ahsoka comes out at prime time 5 p.m in australia oh man ah, i'm so jealous <laughs> well I'm gonna be staying up with her her pre-show stream. That's gonna be the only way I stay up till three a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I don't. I don't know. She she might be holding off on doing anything with 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 Relantis. So oh yeah. I, I think she might still be on yep. deciding for that. Um, but uh, well, we'll be here if you want to join us. I know it's a slippery slope with people deciding if they're going to talk about Star Wars, and I know we haven't really addressed it. Um. Yeah, I probably will take him aside right now to explain our position on it. Um, none of us on this panel are, you know, going to be SAG actors. So between me, Milton, and Ben, at least not at this time, we don't intend to be SAG. Um, so we're gonna continue as if you know nothing. You know, we're not gonna continue as if nothing's not happening. Um, we obviously know that these people have demands that should be met, and but we feel that right now. Uh, we want to talk about the good work that these people are doing that are, you know, they're not able to promote their stuff, but we, we want to respect them. We want to, uh, you know, abide by the laws. Again, it's a slippery slope, not the laws, but the guidelines. We want it's a slippery slope, but when it comes down to it, we're passionate about star Wars. We want to keep the conversation going I feel like there is sort of a need for a place for people to go to talk about Star Wars. And for us personally, you know, not everybody's going to be wanting to talk about it or, or publicly wanting to talk about it. But hey, maybe our channel will be a safe space for the people that decide they don't want to talk about it on their show as much. They can join us and, and feel free to chime back and forth. But again, um, you know, I think I speak for everybody here between Milton and Ben that, you know, we all oh. want these people to get a fair deal and oh, all yeah. that. But we just want to make sure that we also, you know, honor the people that put in the work um, on that show as well. Um, you know, I don't want to completely shut them out either. Um, so we're going to we're going to we're going to respect them by doing what we've always done and, and calling out great performances, calling out great work by the cast and the crew and everybody involved as we continue along to review those episodes on a weekly basis and hey i mean this thing could end tomorrow no one really knows i mean probably not but like there's a good chance it'll still be going on by the end of this show um by the end of ahsoka being over in october i think it's going to be over if you count the eight episodes or seven weeks or whatever it is yeah. since we get the two in the first week but um yeah, so I wanted to do that quick aside. I don't want to act like we're just ignoring anything out there because I know it's a big talking point. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's a um, like a fair assessment, and you know, like you said, when it comes to this whole situation, like you know, of course we want everybody to be like 
you know, fairly paid and treated well and um, et cetera. But, you know, also, like you said as well, I don't want to, um, you know, not celebrate the work of like the actors involved in the show, like Rosario or Mary Elizabeth Winstead or, um, you know, the girl that plays Sabine or any of those actors. Like, I don't want to like not celebrate their work or, you know, even like on the writing side of it, like, you know, Dave Filoni writing the series, like, you know, we want to celebrate his writing for the series and stuff. So um, I think there is a good line there of like, hey, you want them to get paid and everything, etc. But, you know, also, I don't want to like not support the people like the people that are striking, you know, I, like I want to support their work as well. So, you know, it's just a, it's just a fine line. And of course, you know, we want to like do it as like respectfully as we can and, you know, continue to move forward and make adjustments. Yeah, when I mean, especially like I know a few times on other podcasts or some people comment on other po podcasts like, oh, no, like, do, are we going to boycott this thing? And not, not, the actors definitely don't want that to happen. They don't want anybody to boycott because if they boycott these things then they'll get like a lot less views. And then their fight will be even harder when they're trying to fight for this stuff and, and they're trying to fight an uphill battle already. So it's like, all right, we don't need the studios to be like, well, it's not panning out with the series because the views are low. So. Nothing's gonna yep. happen now, but so yeah, keep watching. Join, you know, join the channel. Um, we go live on Sundays. We'll be talking about the new episodes as they come out. We'll be excited as ever. It'll still feel a little bit weird talking about it, just because a lot of our other friends are not gonna be talking about it. A lot of the other channels that I like to, or the podcast I like to listen to, it's gonna be kind of eerie, not sort of you know listening to them on a weekly basis. But everybody's welcome to come here and hang out with us at least. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good way to address all of this. And, you know, this is a podcasting. It's part of, like, the escapism of entertainment as well. And, you know, maybe we can, like, give people that want that bit of escapism for an hour or two, you know, that, that potential outlet each week. Certainly, certainly. So going back to the Blue Shadow virus of Dr. Vindy, uh, what was your first memories of this episode? Do you remember that you liked this episode, these episodes initially? Did you not like them? I remember, okay, so for me, this has always been my view on both Rebels and Clone Wars. Okay, so Rebels, in my opinion, has a lot more lows, but also has a lot more like high, like mega peaks, like, oh my gosh, amazing moments. And Clone Wars is more like a consistent like B, you know, it's consistently just solid across the board. And I, I feel like these episodes specifically, they were just one of those solid episodes. Like if it comes on when you're watching the season, um, whichever season that was in, um, you know, if it comes on, those aren't episodes you would skip. Unlike the um, like the ones like with the droids in the desert with R2 and that that like that alien guy and stuff like that whole one. Uh, that whole weird, really weird droid arc. Um, like, those are episodes you'd skip. But, like, this Blue Shadow Virus one, you wouldn't skip it. It's fine. It's, like, entertaining. It's intriguing enough to watch. Like, so I remembered it, you know, when 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 I first, like, thought of this one. I was like, oh, yeah, those are just some solid, solid Clone Wars episodes, you know? Yeah, yeah, they were, they were pretty cool because you get to see more Naboo. And there's so much history on Naboo. I was like going back there. It's the home planet of Palpatine. This is before Revenge of the Sith, so we're getting to see a lot more cool stuff there. Another big plague I liked. I liked. Um, this is the first real reference of a plague in Star Wars that I ever remember because I was very young, 
And that was with Knights of the Old Republic. And seeing on the Undercity of Terrace that there is a there's this Rakul plague. And that was frightening for me. Because it was literally these... You, you go and you go down the elevator in front of... I forget why you go to the Undercity. But, like, you're talking to a person at this gate. And then all of a sudden, this, like, white creature just, like, comes up behind the guy. And he's, like, shouting... And he just, like, gets taken down by this white, uh, like, kind of crazy creature. I can't even explain it, um, what it looks like. But it's just very creepy, vampiric, hunched over, white, pale. And then all of a sudden, that guy turns into one. And then you have to, like, run through this area with those things attacking you. But it was interesting because it was, like, those creatures provided so much fear it was basically the, the closest thing to like zombies in star wars at the time and more like vampires i guess um and it's even transferred into the current mmo star wars the old republic they have a whole thing where it's the rakul event so oh, like nice. every two or three months there's a certain planet where they have a rakul outbreak so it could happen in alderaan it could happen on terrace i think it could happen a couple other planets and like you could literally get infected and turn into one and walk around um so have you ever heard of the Rakul plague um yeah i mean i feel like i've heard it described before by other people um and stuff but i i like i said it's been so long since i played that game i just don't you know i don't remember it i'm just because i played it when i was younger um but yeah i mean when i was looking into the different plagues and things today that was one i came across when i was reading into them and was like oh man that's that's an interesting one and i didn't you know when i was doing my reading i didn't realize it was in the um the the you know the mmo version so that's cool that they like included that as like an event as well um yeah but yeah like it, it's just interesting seeing like all these different like plagues in star wars like because honestly when you when you first floated the topic idea you know you saw my reaction i was like what do you mean viruses and stuff because i didn't even i you know when you you're, when you think star wars you don't immediately think about viruses until you start thinking into it more um so yeah i mean you have that one you have the blue shadow virus. Um, and like for me, when I started digging, I was like, oh yeah, like there's plenty, like like in like legends to talk about yeah. that. You know, I you know, I mean I just got done with the Thrawn trilogy and there was okay. two actually in there. Really? Um yeah, so so we'll, I'll start out with the basic one at first, just because like and then we'll build our way up to like the most exciting one, which is my last one, which I think is the best one. Um but the first one actually, and you know, this shows you like the empire's like treachery and how bad they are. So back, so um, anybody who's read the Thrawn books or even seen Star Wars Rebels, um, Thrawn's bodyguard Rook is a Nogri, oh, yeah. a Nogri species, and you know their home planet is named Honiger. Well, anyways, back during the Clone Wars era, and you know the um, pre-Galactic uh, Empire era, Palpatine sent Vader. And like stormtroopers there, and um, mm. basically, like they went in, and you know it's cool when they do this little flashback. Vader actually goes in, and it's kind of like a pseudo. So so at first, like they send in a little legion of stormtroopers, and then the the Nogri warriors take out all the stormtroopers, like like it's nothing. Damn. And then then Vader's like, all right, I'm gonna pull a Rogue One on you guys. And Vader goes down on the shuttle by himself, mm. and like and like the Nogri people. You know, they, you know, like it's from their perspective, like they're basically like, oh, what's this one dude going to do? And then Vader just like whoops all of them and like, you know, power, leaves however many surviving. 
Well, you know, that's basically when the Nogri people like pretty much bend the knee to the Empire. Mm. And the Empire basically say, hey, we'll leave you, we'll leave you, um, uh, what's the word? Um, like independent. We'll leave you independent, basically, as long as you let us, you know, basically like use your, sh use your, um, you know, your planetary space is kind of like a check-in point, all this stuff. So, and, and you know, and, and use some of your resources. So, what the Nogri people don't realize, though, is the Empire, when they do this, when they're sending in their these planes to, quote-unquote, help uh, help the Nogri people, like, grow their crops and grow their supplies and stuff, basically what they're doing is they're putting this virus out. It's called, um, God, I rehearsed it. It's, it's called Tribex, Tribex Fee 1138. Um, it's like a real wacky science fiction type name, but but Tribexy, Tribex Fee 1138. And course, basically what it does 38 on the end there, of course. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I'm going to say that's why I said, of course, 1138. And <laughs> anyways, what it does is it basically like, okay. So if you think of a plant's production value, like say being a hundred percent, it basically re reduces the plant's produce value down to like 10%. It like reduces it by like 90%. So it's still like, so the no green people are still like growing and growing stuff and trying and it like just, you know, it basically makes them grow minimal crops. And then the empire's coming in and still taking like half their crops and stuff. So like the Nogri people are basically like living on rations for decades. Um, and wow. like, you know, they, sh it shows like how like treacherous the empire was because like, even when Leia goes to visit the Honegger system, like the whole planet has like a gray tone to it versus oh like a green, like the green, like that's how much the empire's like, you know, spread this virus through the planet actually. Wow. Um, so it's a really cool, it's a really, not a really cool thing for the Nogri people, but it's an, it's an interesting thing because it really shows like, you know, the buildings, even in Legends, the buildings of how like evil and stuff the Empire actually is. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool because I haven't heard of a biological weapon like that in Star Wars. Like it usually attacks people, but to actually target the plants to just dominate a species that way is also very effective yeah and see the empire used this whole trick to manipulate the nogri because basically when vader came in and did that if vader came in and like whooped on the nogri warriors you know they basically like were like oh my gosh this guy is like in a god basically because you know they were they were viewing the um like the ships and the star destroyers as pretty much like big animals because they're a primitive system mm. and and that's when like the empire gets the service of the nogri so like the nogri you know in these books like they're fully in the empire service dude all the men it's like the typical war trope of like women and kids stay behind and old people and then yep. all men like young boys and up are immediately taken by the empire to put into nogri commando groups um oh, okay. so like that's basically how they got under the empire's boot and like you know thrawn would occasionally like check in there with them and stuff and you know that's where his bodyguard rook came from so you know, and that's like how Rook came into servitude, servitude of Thrawn. Like basically, like he was just a commando that got taken, and then you know it was showed enough loyalty because like even like when Leia and Luke, or even when like Leia and Chewie are on Honegger, like they're basically saying, "Look, we are showing you literally dead on proof the Empire is doing this." And like the Nogri people were basically like, "No, the Empire still like." you know, protected us over these years. So we still got to show loyalty. So like, they didn't even realize like how bad the empire was treating him. Like 
you know, they were getting manipulated that badly. Holy crap. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, But yeah, I that was that was an example from um the from the Thrawn the original Thrawn trilogy. Interesting. Because I have a feeling Yep. that we're going to both have the same one for one of these that you're going to mention. Oh, I mean, if it's from the one book we're thinking of, that that's my third point. Or that's my last one. That's the All big right, one. well, give, give us your second then. Okay, the second one actually comes from the the second Thrawn book, Dark Force Rising, Oh. um, because there there were two good examples actually. So we got the Tribexel T virus or eleven thirty eight from from just from the three books in general, and then from Dark Force Rising, which is the second book, we have the famous one. So basically, um, in Star Wars EU, in the expanded universe slash Legends. Um, back in the pre, um, pre, so basically in the old Republic, basically in the time of the prequel era, basically the time of the prequel era, the Galactic Republic had this massive fleet called the Katana fleet. Like they wanted Oh, yeah. Well, anyways, they built a, they built a fleet of 200 dreadnought ships. And then, you know, the, the lead ship was called the Katana. Well, anyways, what happened was when the Katana fleet was basically, um, you know, they were just like in transit somewhere. And one, you know, when
the rising empire with Thrawn in the group, whoever takes control is going to get 200 new ships, basically, because they're all unmanned. You know, they've all been presumably just floating in hyperspace or floating in the unknown regions somewhere. So you have that. And, like, you basically have, like, our heroes, like, interact with these ships, obviously. Like, in, in Dark Horse Rising, they, they, they go and find them. And, like, you have Han and Luke and, um, and like, Talon Card, and they go to, like, the Katana, the lead ship, and, like, you know, like, Luke talks about, like, how eerie of a feeling it is because, like, you know, they could tell, like, a bunch of people died here and, like, all this stuff, and, you know, it was, like, a real creepy feeling, and, like, you know, they made it, and, like, especially when you're listening to this book, it makes it, like, real ominous, too, because, like, like, Luke, uh, it was, like, from Luke's perspective, and he was saying, you know, it was, it was so ominous because, like, mm. after the people died, the droids were still operating, huh. you know, inside this ship. And he said, like, you know, inside the, the lead Katana ship, it was, like, it was a new ship because the droid, the cleaning droids were still on and, like, cleaning. So And, the and you know, like, Han came across where, like, a droid was, like, moving a dead body somewhere. Like, um, so, you know, you have those type of things. So that was, like, such a big turning point of the Thrawn trilogy was this uh, little history lesson about the Hive virus. And that's basically what... You know, that was one of the biggest cruxes of the entire Thrawn trilogy was the Katana fleet and how important it was. And basically that's leading to, you know, that led to like what happened in the third book and stuff. But uh, but yeah, I was like, oh man, that's another really good virus example from like the EU, um, you know, just getting that whole thing um, with the Katana fleet. And it, you know, it makes you wonder too, like with the Ahsoka series, because like they're, you know, they're obviously, like, taking a little inspiration here and there. Like, it makes you wonder if they're going to include any of those, like, you know, obviously it won't be directly called that or anything like that. But it makes you wonder, like, what they're going to be doing with Thrawn. Like, if they potentially, like, I don't know, bring bring troops or ships or, like, you know, stuff like that. Because we saw a lot of things get, like, sucked away by the Pergil and oh, Rebels. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. Yeah, it's That was my second one. It's interesting because they actually have a similar storyline in, in the current comics, uh, the flagship, uh, the previous arc before Dark Droids. There was a fleet that was ah, it was it was a different name of a fleet, but it was from the High Republic fleet, and they got stuck in a place called No No Space where they were. There was a whole convoy of ships, and the rebellion needs the fuel from these ships because the empire in between empire and return of the Jedi is like just cutting off their fuel sources that they can't get anymore. So they find out about this mythical camera convoy or something like that. And yeah, they get there and they find out that like these people are all still alive. It's a full colony, but hyperspace doesn't work like normal hyperspace. They're in like a bubble in this area for whatever reason it's called no space you, you have to have a path engine which is like a specialized hyperspace engine that denial developed from the whole of the high republic you have to have one of those to get in and out of that place but sometimes people end up in that space because like their hyperdrive might malfunction and they end up there and they can't ever get away again um but then luke goes there and leia and chewie and lando and, and they're able to put their heads together and figure out oh we have to we have to utilize this path engine that we have on our ship that that Holdo has, and so that was cool. Of course, nobody had viruses on that one, but uh, yep. no, that's interesting. Still... I I forgot about all that stuff, the Thrawn stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely an interesting, uh, interesting like piece together how they how they piece that all together with the Katana fleet. Like, 
because you know like in the first book you just get kind of like rumors of it even like even you get um a scene where like lando and han are somewhere and like lando looks at a chair and he like notices like a marking on it he's like oh this this has to be like from those from that katana fleet like i know you know i know um i know this because you know basically when he was younger like you know he knows the production of like where those where those like chairs and items were from and he's like these have to be from the katana fleet so it leads like lando and han down like a detective trail onto who could be knowing where it was and stuff so Mm. it was cool like the way they did it like you know especially in the dark force rising book like it literally it's you know zan zan's so good at like tethering storylines together from all the different angles and building to the one like location and like you know throughout the whole second book you get you know thrawn tethering stuff together like finding out where stuff is you get luke you get han and lando you get you know talon card you get all these people converging in on on the katana fleet basically by the end of the book and and then like there's a really cool like little um yeah i mean there's just a lot of cool stuff when it comes to that whole that whole book series but yeah the katana fleet is some of the most iconic stuff from that book Wow, so I'm I'm reading about no, I haven't gotten there yet. I, I read the first book, but apparently there's something called the Kratos virus that runs through the X Wing novels. Um and apparently this thing uh developed by the Empire in seven ABY caused the death of millions of aliens. Once it infected a host, the virus destroyed the infected host body cell by cell until the victim's flesh fell apart completely, resulting in agonizing death. Highly contagious, the Kratos virus is designed to both target only non-human populations and be treated by a large amount of Bacta. Um, the virus was transmitted by physical contact or through its water supply, but could not spread by airborne transmission. Um, looking at this, uh, apparently, uh, going back to 7ABY, uh, this one director of Imperial Intelligence released this plague upon Corsa immediately before the capital world was captured by the New Republic and save ABY. Uh, Izard hoped that the virus would cause resentment between a human and non-human population, ultimately leading to the destruction of the New Republic, which was nearly rendered bankrupt due to the cost of acquiring back to, to, to treat the illness. Millions of aliens were killed by the Kratos virus, resulting in conspiracy theories among the non-human populations and political maneuvering within a New Republic Provisional Council. Now, that is really interesting how the Empire somehow managed to cause disarray in the citizens of Corsa. And the fact that they developed a, a, a virus that could literally kill everybody but, like, humans. Because we always hear just the specious that the Empire was. They're, like, xenophobic and... Yeah, I mean they I mean they mention that in the Thrawn books. Like they talk about, you know, like when Mara's talking about Thrawn to Luke, like he literally she literally says like, you know, it's it's surprising like the emperor, you know, the emperor basically thought really highly of Thrawn um or he would have never had an alien be a grand admiral. Mhm. Like they definitely were like anti, you know, anybody but humans. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um I can probably guess at what your your third one is. Does that have to deal with a book that I might have read in the last year? Yep. Yeah, it's it's the biggest one I th- or I think All it's right. the to me it's the best virus in Star Wars like for a lot of reasons. All right. So I'm guessing you're talking about the Blackwing virus. Is that correct, man? 
Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the first yeah. things that came to mind when I was thinking about this topic for tonight. It's like, holy crap. Like, I read that book. It's a short and sweet book. I read it actually close well, to a year ago. But, oh, my gosh, is that a devastating virus? Oh, yeah. Well, well, the fun thing about it is, Chris, now, did you read um, – have you, have you like, touched up on it? Or did you look at the Wikipedia page, um, no. like, about the history of it? No, because I think there's another oh. book that might tie into it, too. Okay, yeah. okay. So, I'll – so I'll like give a little dive on that. So basically like the whole, the cool thing is with the black wing virus, basically what the history of it was. So of course we have the death trooper book. We'll get into that, but the black wing virus, like if you, if you look it up, like it was created around like 4,000 years before, yep. before like, you know, it was, you know, it was in the old Republic era. Like it was 4,000 years ago. Um, it was created by like Darth Drea, I believe the name was, and basically the point of it was it was like the rudimentary way of they were trying to figure out a way to like basically give a virus to like cheat death type thing like so you know make you live longer and you know like that basically became like a big um you know they tried it became a big outbreak killed a bunch of sith users back then and it was kind of like sealed away and then like fast forward like three thousand years it was like a thousand years prior to the original trilogy you have um god i can't think of the the dar's name anyways so you got um more dark side users more sith you know trying to like crack the code of project you know blackwing basically again they were trying to do it and basically it killed a bunch of the sith uh like the sith acolytes like there was a bunch of like you know sith running around and you know they basically got killed off by this by this blackwing virus again because they were trying to do the same thing so like it was the whole idea of like cheating death like they were trying to use it to like cheat death initially and then fast forward to uh the death trooper book you know you have at that time like the empire's like looking into it as a potential biological weapon like we've talked about with like you know in canon and legends like the empire is always up to no good and they were going to use this um blackwing virus basically to you know, use it as a biological weapon. And then on this Star Destroyer, it basically, like, got out. And, you know, the Star Destroyer got, like, sealed off from from everybody, basically. And it turned, for all intents and purposes, it turned the crew into zombies. And, like, at first, it was... It's, like, the way that vi the Blackwing virus works is, like, it's more of a slow... So you got to think about it in a, in like a progression of like, okay, so like it starts out, like if you first get infected, like you can, you can, you can turn like super quick within like seconds to minutes. And then basically what happens is it's like the stereotypical, you start out as a slow zombie, but then you progress to a zombie that's learning and actually able to move really fast and, you know, think cognitively with the other zombies. So it's kind of like a, um, like a shared mind type thing like so like you know yeah so so you know we see that and we see that in the death troopers book where they're almost like planning against like the main characters like they're almost planning and setting traps for them even though they're mindless zombies mm -hmm. and um you know and and they're so like you know this virus makes them like hungry for flesh so like that's kind of like the overview and like kind of a little bit of history about the blackwing virus but yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I just remember being like, like when it comes to Star Wars, there's so many genres, whether it be, you know, political thriller, whether it be, 
Western. I would love to see this samurai. live action, that book. And this captured horror so well in the Star Wars galaxy. It's like, it's a self-contained tale where you're not really, to a certain degree, to a certain point, you're dealing with all new characters. Then eh, there's some big character towards the end there. But uh, up until that point, it's like, this is how you make a Star Wars story. You make it self-contained. You make the stakes very high because these characters, you don't know what's going to happen. The amount of suspense that the, that the author, Joe Schreiber, put into this book was incredible. Like I said, I think it's just shy of 300 pages. Like, you could finish this book in a weekend. It's, it's, and it's the way it's paced. Is it's such a quick read. But I love how things are strung out in the first, like... The, the pacing is so well, like, you're uncovering this mystery. Like, why is there nobody on the Star Destroyer? What's in this room? Okay, now this, suddenly this guy's not responding. It's the perfect layout for a horror movie, but it's in book form. You're right. I would love to see maybe if they have, like, an anthology Disney Plus series of just random Star Wars stories. Yep. They can make a Death Trooper 30-minute, like, little thing. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be fun. I mean, you could easily do, like, that or... Heck, even make a little 90-minute Death Trooper book adaptation movie for Disney+. Plus. Like like you said, just do like an anthology series or something. You know, they could market it that way. And like just, like there's so many good points in that book where, you know, it's just, like you said, it brings the horror vibes. It brings the vibe of like, oh my gosh, like a virus and all this stuff. And also, you know, the crazy thing is, I think this was released a few years before The Walking Dead was even out. So it was even, I think it beat The Walking Dead to like the zombie thing. Um, so you have that. Uh, and yeah, it's just a good, really good book overall. And it really solidifies like, also, like I said, how bad the Empire is, but also how crazy like a virus in Star Wars could be potentially like when you have a big capital ship of like, I don't know, 20,000 crew members on it or something. Um you know, because there's always, like, the one scene I remember from that book where it's, like, the lead character, um, they, like, they, like, go, uh, like, they're going, I don't know, to, to do whatever, um, you know, when they're exploring around the ship, like, mm. you know, he hears, like, a bunch of, like, groaning and stuff. Yeah. And, like, they go they go into this room and, like, he looks down and it's, like, in, like, looking down onto one of the hangars or, like, one yep. of the sub bays of the ship yep. because, like, the floor, the floor collapsed and he just sees all these, like, moving... Yep. like bodies and like it's just a big horde of like oh or like you God. know zombies and stuff yeah. like just imagine seeing that in live action like man i would love that and at one point he um, has to climb up all those corpse people like yep oh and he's like crushing their heads as he's climbing well and the up. stakes are so high when he's climbing because you're thinking he's gonna get nabbed you know yeah oh my gosh and and this is great because this actually ties into the whole premise of why it made this a topic of this week's episode is tying into the scourge which is the big proponent of the dark droids event series it all starts out on a star destroyer and there's a little droid that is the mind of the scourge and the droid goes on to a kx droid well first off they go to a planet and the planet it's an artificial planet um gosh i forget the name of it son of a gun but it's the planet that snoke will eventually be on uh, the Maxine Station. It's the Maxine Station. It appears in High, High Republic. Anyway, Crimson Dawn's last stand is on the Maxine Station. So in the aftermath of the Empire defeating Crimson Dawn, the Emperor sends a team to like recover anything valuable on the Maxine Station. 
And of course, like that droid thing was left behind and nobody knew about it. So it gets onto the KX, like the, the KX droid, which are like the K2SO looking security droids that's around there helping like heavy lifting. It goes on the droid's head and it does like this laser thing into the back of the neck of the droid. And the droid goes from, like, you see the perspective of the droid originally seeing, like, through a green lens. And now it's seeing through, like, a purple lens with, like, flares. Like, lightning flares that are through the lens. So you know it's, like, infected. And then from there, now that droid's been infected. And it's a hive mind as well. The scourge thing is always saying hunger, hunger. Like, it needs flesh to basically, it wants to kill, like, organics. So then that little droid goes and infects more things, infects more things, infects more things. And it's even stated in there that there's like 47,000 crew members aboard a, a Imperial-class Star Destroyer and about 2,500 droids working on there. So in a matter of, it seems like like maybe minutes to an hour, all these droids are suddenly infected by this little drone drone thing that's been going around, buzzing into them. So now these droids are... Like doing this really villainous things, like turning the ex- like the um, the compactor gas stuff from like ex- like the um, exhaust and all, like yep. venting it through the the exo- uh, the airborne thing. So it's like killing the people that way. The droids are like just straight up venting people in the hangar to space. They are like you have the medical droids, and you see like blood of just like the saw blades, and like the medical droids are just like killing like patients you see that the droids are just like electrocuting people like it is absolute it right a lot of death troopers because it's like oh my gosh and, it, no. and then next thing you know it's like the entire star destroyer belongs to the scourge and then the scourge sends out like infected uh what are they called mouse droids into space that are somehow infiltrating onto the rebel ships like home one and stuff and now C-3PO is infected. So it's like, in a matter of like an hour or something, like you see the amount that stuff is supposed, is spreading and no one even knows about it. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, it's 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 pretty much like a droid version of Death Troopers. Yep. I mean, that's literally how, how it sounds. Like, that's cool, though. Like, it's a cool aspect they, they did that, though, just because, like, you know, normally with infected type stuff, it's always people you know you never like really think about droids or um or machinery for that to that degree anyway so it's cool that they like included something like that you know that's a cool new idea like i wouldn't have thought of doing that specifically you know oh yeah yeah so it's what's it it's nice because it does like flip the switch on oh yeah this is something different uh it's not the typical thing here we are actually trying something different having fun with it but also it's just as terrifying oh yeah that is that's a cool i mean it's a cool idea because you know you got to think about it from like the star like the um like the the star destroyers crew members perspective like that's a cool another cool like kind of like scary movie vibe to it like oh my gosh like you know it's kind of like your real world uh what if like all these ai things go bad basically <laughs> yeah they basically were promoting the back at celebration europe they were promoting it as like what happens if like your cell phones basically got a virus and we're screwing up your daily routine like essentially that's what droids are to the people in star wars galaxies like 
Okay, they are your friends. They are disposable. Some of them are helping build things. Some of our are protectors. You know, there's like various roles for droids, but what happens when all of a sudden all of them have one protocol, and that is to kill anything living with flesh. Like, oh, that's that's horrifying. That's absolutely horrifying. So, yeah, I mean, um, I'll keep you guys up to speed on all of that. And, um, oh, so, so kind of segueing out of that, keeping you up to speed with comics. I've gone on a new venture with the guys over at Ion Cannon, the Star Wars Underworld Network. Uh, it looks like me and Matthew from the Ion Cannon is going to be doing a comic centric podcast. Uh, I don't know how regular it's going to be, but we have the first episode up. You can download um, our first episode is basically diving deep into Dark Droid itself, kind of looking at the different events that happen as well as the other comics. So, yeah, if you guys are interested in more of a deeper dive when it comes to the comics and books rather than the, like the five, ten minute videos I give on YouTube, then uh, go ahead and, you know, subscribe to the Ion Cannon, subscribe to the Star Wars Underworld podcast feed. And uh, go over there and subscribe to the Star Wars Underworld YouTube channel, and uh, you'll be able to be notified whenever we do go live. Like, we're going to try to do weekly, but, you know, it is summer, at least the end of summer, so things are kind of a little, little haywire right now, people on vacations and all, but maybe it will be more regular, especially if you guys enjoy watching that. But anyway, uh, real quick aside there, but yeah, do you have anything else to share based on viruses in Star Wars? Um... I, well, I mean, hey, your your uh, new venture might be more regular once we're getting into these colder months anyways. We're about yeah. there. I mean, you know, we're getting there toward the fall. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. There isn't really any other, like, big, big viruses that I could think of for the most part. I mean, like I said, the Blackwing was the biggest one just because I think across the board, like, like that Death Troopers book is, like, top-tier Star Wars Legends canon movies whatever like it's just one of the best stories in star wars in my opinion like it's it's right there like it's so good um so you know that's just like more of a recommendation than anything like if you're interested in that sort of like virus stuff i would check out you know the death trooper book of course um i'm sure they, there's probably an audio version of it but i i read the the paperback um and then you know if you want to hear the droids version of it or check out the droids version then check out the dark droids comic yeah, there you go. So, fun times here. I always enjoy these discussions where we kind of take a deep dive into something that's not as mainstream as Star Wars. And um, I certainly haven't heard any other podcast talking about Star Wars viruses. So, there you go. If you want to get into the nitty gritty on that, then uh, there you go. Um, the race had not really a fan, not really a virus, but uh, did you mention the hive mind worm things? that oh so Whoa, good. i forgot about those the i was thinking about that i was in my head as you were talking about death troopers i'm like the brain worms kind of i guess that's kind of a virus in a way where like the host is no longer in control of themselves so i guess that would count but yeah that was at least another great horror story in star wars you know i just yeah. love how a jedi like bears off he could be completely consumed by this extraterrestrial thing in her brain and the idea that they had to figure out its weakness which happened to be cold that's another one i w i think would be cool seeing in live action <laughs> like in terms of horror like give us a 30 minute little special on that 
why don't we and, and star wars does a great job with horror lately like around october november they put out the tales of series from i guess dark horse will be doing them now uh they see like tales from vader's castle tales from jabba's palace tales from the death star where they have all like the creepy star wars stories like why don't we just get like an animated series uh, little micro series hey tales of whatever and have like something some cool like this like like Marvel, right? They're getting a Marvel Zombies treatment as a full-fledged series. We should be able to get the the Star Wars series of that caliber. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, like, say with Death Troopers, for example. Like, if you just if you just like release like a little twenty-second preview showing like a freaky-looking dead stormtrooper, like, or something, you know, for a trailer, people will tune in. Like, zombies, Star Wars, like, it's just. I see. I could see it mixing. <laughs> oh yeah, they're they. I think people like. Well, obviously, people like when things are switched up over its head. And if that were ever to be produced, people would be all over it. People would be all over just the idea of Star Wars horror in that kind of format on that kind of medium. Um, they did it in Clone Wars already, so what's not to say they can't do it again? So there you go. Yeah. Oh man, we 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 hope everybody enjoyed our conversation tonight. Um, let us know in the comment section below. Let us know at our Twitter or our X accounts, whatever we're calling them these days. Uh, what you think? What what other viruses you might have read in Star Wars Legends books that we didn't touch? Uh, we'd love to hear more about more of the plaguer side of Star Wars uh, in a very strange way, I guess. Uh, but we learned so much uh, in Star Wars every week here. Um, been in the fandom since I was five or six, and uh, it's it's nights like these where it's like, hey, I forgot all about that thing in Thrawn. So it's always fun to kind of recall old memories yeah. back, you know. Oh yeah, I mean the cool part too is like when it comes to say these virus-related uh, books and like calling back on old memories for these things. You know, if you check out the audiobook versions of these, they're really cool. So you know, you have like my example of like Honiger with the Nogri people, like. You like the scene with Vader, for example, you know, when uh, when like the Nogri people are telling Leia the story of Vader coming there, you know, it's really cool because, you know, it's like a flashback, basically. And like you have, you know, you hear the stormtroopers landing and like talking and stuff. And then you hear like Vader coming and you have his lightsaber and you, you hear the blaster fire and him deflecting it, like all this stuff. Like, you know, it's kind of like you're listening to a scene play out. Um, you know, it's like a scene on there. And then, of course, like Mark Thompson doing all the reading. It's great. And, uh, yeah, it's it's just really cool, like, hearing it play out that way. Yeah. Oh, I think the other book that you got a lot of the background information on Blackwing Plague is Red Harvest. Does that ring a bell? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that sounds that sounds correct. I got think it. that's... I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I pretty much, like, with me, I've read, like, or listened to, like, almost every, like, legend Star Wars book. So I've, for I've like, forgotten more Star Wars than I've read because I've just, like, yeah. it's just, like, an, it's just, like, an unlimited amount of, like, mm -hmm. okay, what I hear from this or this or that, like. That, that's the thing. It all melts together. Uh, like, I have a pretty decent memory when it comes to, like, Star Wars consumption only because I, a lot of it I actually, like, write down and, like, put into documents and then make videos about it. So, like, those I'll remember, but it's the books that I don't take notes on. And just read for pleasure, kind of. Well, I read all Star Wars for pleasure, but like the books I'm not going to cover on YouTube, I'll just read through them and I'll be like, you know, a couple months down the line, I'm like, what happened at this point in the book? Like, I just completely 
completely forget. But yeah, I, I think that's one of the very few Old Republic Air Star Wars books I have not read. That one and Knight Errant are the ones I haven't read. And Dawn of the Jedi, which I have a copy of. I'm just waiting to get through the Witcher series, and I only have two books left. Started the second to last Witcher book this week, so soon enough I will be involved in Legends. Um, just got to get through this one book series, and I'll be continuing on that long journey. <laughs> it's a it's a good journey. There's plenty of good stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So there you go. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Again, you can find us every Sunday around 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll be talking the latest in Star Wars. Uh, we're going to take a week off next week. I'm going to be taking some time off uh, just going down the shore and hanging out at the beach for a couple days. So we're going to be doing that. Um, but we'll be back the next week to have our official Ahsoka preview. We'll keep you guys up to speed on some episodes you should probably watch and um, going into Ahsoka, which would be just a few days after that podcast goes live. So, uh, oh man, just thinking about the next podcast we're going to do is the last one before that show comes out. It's pretty crazy to hear about that already. Yeah. I mean, look, we've been think about it. It just, it doesn't even seem like it was that long ago. We were all getting so hyped about Ahsoka from celebration and now it's like, boom, we're here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for that. Thanks to the race side for checking out the live shows always. I know it's a great time um, over there in Australia. We're at prime time in the morning for you as we're getting ready. So, hey, that's pretty cool. And uh, definitely everybody check out Hannah's channel at the race side. She's got great, unique Star Wars content um, over there. Uh, and, of course, you can download us on any podcast streaming network, whether it be Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Amazon, and more. Just search Outer Rim Transmission. Milton will be back with us as well from two weeks' time from now. So we'll see you then in two weeks for Ben, for I, myself, Chris, a.k.a. Star Raptor. You can follow Ben on X at Real Ben Maynard. You can follow me on X at Star Raptor. You can find uh, Milton over there at Milton Weber 7. So from all of us, we hope you have a great couple weeks. Stay safe, enjoy summer, and may the Force be with you always in transmission.